Julie. Hi. Hello. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm Tony. It's my brother Andrew. I'm Andrew. Hi, Andrew. How are you guys? Good. We're doing well. Just getting ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, do, yeah. Are you going to watch the Super Bowl today? Um, I'm not going to watch it. I love watching. I'm not. I'm not. I don't even understand football, but I want to see all of the commercials. So I'm yeah, hoping yeah. I can just get like recaps from people. On the that's why a lot of people watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials. Yeah, and that's it. They're so fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I am. I'm. Uh, I'm sorry. Where are you? Where do you? Where, where are we located? from? Yeah. Oh, so I'm. We're in Connecticut. Okay. So you're. It's close. currently like I'm six in inches of snow. Oh, yeah, we're we have like six inches of snow yeah. on the ground right now. <laughs> It's all like snowy. It looks like a snow globe right from my window. I'm in Yonkers. I love it. Oh, okay. It's so good. Yeah, so we're pretty close. That's yeah. Um, I'm so I'm really excited that you came on the show. And it's so nice of you to join us. And I've been going through your Instagram and I've been watching you your YouTube videos. I found you on Acorns. I've been reading some of your articles. And I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm so happy that you're on the show. And I think you're going to add a lot of value to our listeners and a lot of the, the young women out there too, that want to invest and they have no idea where to start. And it's a more powerful message coming from you. And especially with all the success you've had. So thank you once again. Thank you. Yes. I'm looking so, forward to it. Let's, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> so she's you a genius. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're pretty genius uh, marketing. You're, you're a marketing guru. You're the JLo of investing, which I saw that and I was like, oh, that's nice. And then you're award-winning ex money expert, which we could talk about that in a little bit. And you've been featured on Acorns. Uh, C I saw CNBC and some other prominent financial publications. So we're here today with Julie Alma Tavares. Did I get that right? Hi. How are you guys? I'm happy to. Yeah, you got it right. That's right. All right. I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk about investing. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> so why don't we start by where you started? So I was reading an article that I think you wrote, um, and it said that you started investing by matching, matching what your company put in, which was $50. Is that right? $50 a yeah, month, I think. That's right. So yeah. So is that yep. really how you started? <laughs> yes. I wrote the article for CNBC and um, they partnered with Acorns, uh, you know, which is a, a brokerage and they want to get people to really get started with investing no matter how little they start with. And that's such an important part of my personal story because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how the system all worked and what the stock market meant and what my role in it would be. But I got started because of the data that I was given at the moment. You know, they told me you put in this or any money that you want and the company will match you up to a certain point. And I said, okay, it sounds like free money. So <laughs> I don't see how I could possibly lose in that <laughs> with this situation. So I, I got started with it and, um, and it was just $50. I, if I would have known what I know now, I definitely would have put more of my paycheck into that, but um, you know, we live and we learn, right? Of course. <laughs> but I am proud that I started that that young because most people don't. They don't necessarily have that sort of exposure unless it was really passed down through 
a family member. So it, it really was what got me started in my journey. Well, I think now it's a, it's a lot more accessible, too, because like you said, 401ks is where most people start because they have, you know, it's it's hard to start your own account. There's there was there used to be fees, um, commission fees for every stock that you purchase. But now, like with apps like Robinhood and whatnot, you can pretty much start um with no fees at all, with not knowing anything, it's really easy. So it's a little bit different now um, from when you started for sure. Yeah. And that's the beauty of where we are now. And it's the reason why, you know, I started investing Latina because I'm like, y'all, we have so much access. Let's take advantage of it. Let's do this. Let's get into the game. You know, let's participate and let's make money while we sleep. And you can start with nothing. And what happens is that people, you know, you kind of get started, you start dabbling and, and you, it's maybe, maybe all you can do is 20 bucks, right? 20 bucks a week. And you start putting money in, but what ends up happening is that once you see that growth, once you see that momentum that your account takes and how it keeps growing and how it keeps flourishing, then you really, your mind starts to shift and you start to think, whoa, what I need to think of more ways to make more money so that I can put more money into these accounts because the benefit of not having to work for every single dollar that you earn, of course, we have to work and we have to make money one way. Um, but every single dollar that comes in does not have to be earned income. And so that's the message that I'm really trying to spread and share with everyone. And, and yes, I like I love using memes. And I ended up with the name JLo of personal finance. And it was awesome because it got her attention. And it got her team's attention. So I, I saw been, that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And so we've been talking and we've been thinking and, and strategizing about some future work together. So it's really cool. Do you have anything going on that you would be able to tell us about? Like any future endeavors or is it everything still kind of? Well, there's nothing out? solidified at the moment. But the thing is that if you think about JLo, she is really our Latin queen, right? I'm from the Dominican Republic. I'm Latina and I, I live in New York. And there are a lot of us that look at pop stars as inspo, right? Oh my God, yeah. I love what they're doing. And, and it's so cool. And there are people that can really kind of um, shape their careers to, to be whatever they want, right? And I just love that message of her and uh, what she gives a lot of Latinas. So I think it's something that's um, something that she understands that her team understands, you know, the influence and the power and for her to um, kind of share a lot of different parts of her life. I think it's something that's really empowering, not only for her, but for the people that watch and that's kind of where we're going, but there's nothing really kind of that I can put out there or talk about, but it is something that, that is kind of happening. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, so the first time I saw one of your posts on Instagram, I don't know if it was on your story or something. And it, immediately when I saw it, I'm like, we must have her on the show was we're, we're big ETF investors. And I always preach like, v, just buy VOL. What are you doing with these penny stocks? I saw you had iHeart ETF and um, <laughs> in, index and chill. And I was like, we, she has to come on this show. I, we have to get her on this show. <laughs> so talk to us how you got started with uh, the idea of index investing or investing in ETFs. 
Yes, I would say that really my introduction to it was J.L. Collins, The Simple Path to Wealth. I love the book and I always recommend it to everybody that's really just getting started and doesn't have maybe the time capacity to really get deep into all of the securities that are offered in the stock market. You can really just kind of focus on something that is already diversified, something that has a lot of different companies in it that you don't have to do too much thinking. Of course, we have to do research and we have to be sure when we put our money into specific securities and investments, but it really kind of summarizes the market for you. It summarizes um, you know, all of the top 500 companies or the top 3000 companies. And so that it, it allows you to have a little piece of all of them. And that's the power of index funds. And that's what ETFs do. And so I, I, that was my introduction and I really have been able to kind of learn more about it and understand how important it is to keep expenses low. That's the, the second part of that, of the beauty of these types of funds is that the expenses are really low because they're not managed by someone. You know, there isn't anyone in there on the, on the computer trying to figure out, okay, what am I gonna put in here today? You know, it's really just tracking the index and it's really powerful to be able to save 40 or $50,000. Who doesn't want that, right? Like yeah. we work so hard to put money into our accounts. We wanna keep as much of it as possible. And so that's exactly why I've always been a proponent for that. And it's the reason why I teach the investing workshop. Thousands of people have taken the workshop at this point, which is like amazing and a blessing. And it really is for me all about spreading that message and making sure that people that have always maybe wanted to start investing, but never knew exactly how um, can really do it and get started yeah so that's that's like what me and tony always preach for people that are just starting off etfs but that's also kind of the downside of like these apps like Robinhood with no commission fees people almost see it as gambling like like it's a game they make these apps very addicting and so instead of jumping into the etfs you see people jumping on the train of like GameStop that have never invested before in dogecoin and it's like if there were actually commission fees they wouldn't be doing this which is kind of funny even though it's more accessible now it also kind of makes people use it more as a, a gambling tool yeah and that's kind of like the double-edged sword right now and what we are kind of struggling with because yes there is a lot of access and there is a lot of opportunity but that also means that there's increased uh chances of making a mistake right and and not putting your money into something that is going to be you know, um, a sort of guaranteed and it's, and it's tough to say guarantee with anything, nothing in life is really guaranteed. But the thing about investing is that there are different levels of risk that you take and everything, every security can pretty much be classified based on the risk level that it has, you know, so when you're investing into individual stocks, you're taking on a pretty high level of risk you know you're you're just you're saying okay i'm gonna put all of this particular money into this specific company if something were to happen to the company you know you're gonna lose your money and that's a reality that's what happens so it always takes a lot of um research it takes a lot of understanding of, of fundamentals of business that a lot of people really don't 
kind of consider or look at. They kind of think it's just fun. Oh, let me throw money into this and see, and hopefully it'll do great. And, you know, that was the situation. I mean, the whole GameStop situation is a whole nother situation, but it can be applied to any, any decision that someone makes in terms of putting money towards a specific company without really understanding the fundamentals of what it takes to run a successful business. Well, yeah, let me jump in. The reason like that people don't have to really learn the fundamentals or don't really care is because quite literally there is no commission fees. So they can just take risks with no, without worrying about any sort of fees. Like if there's a $5 fee per stock, like you have to think about and research this company and um, look at its balance sheets and stuff like that. But people don't have to do that. They can just jump right in. Yeah. And I don't know if, if if I agree that the fees are the reason why people are not doing their research. I think it's the I memes. That, it's the, I think the social sentiment. There's a lot, there's yeah. a lot oh, yeah. that goes into yeah. it, but there, totally. ultimately, you know, there are people that have a high risk tolerance. There are people that are natural risk takers. And sometimes those are not the people that are best for the stock market. But of course, we can't tell people what to do and anybody can do as they wish. So I think that what you guys are doing and really just education in general and financial literacy is such a, a important part of it. And I wish that more of the apps did that. I saw that Robinhood really put together this sort of little, um, you know, uh, education post that they did this. I think it might have been yesterday yeah. of how yeah. it all works and how um t minus two t plus two is and how you you know it takes a little bit of time to actually execute a trade so i think that that's important and it's something that should be a big focus as the doors open up to the retail investors like all right if everybody's gonna come in and start investing and we're all gonna have access to it let's make sure that we're actually putting our efforts to educating the community Right. And uh, it's kind of, it's a trendy thing to do now. Investing is a trendy thing to do. Everyone has easier access than ever before. You see Elon Musk will tweet something about dog coin and it'll go up, you know, it'll, it'll skyrocket and AMC will skyrocket. And it's, it's kind of, it's not, we don't live in a, a world where uh, we, we're investing into a company because of its fundamentals anymore. It's all just based on social sentiment. And, uh, but it's, it's crazy. And that's why we, we well, always talk about investing well, yeah. in ETFs. People like the idea of making like $2,000, like in a day <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But realistically, that's really high risk and it's hard for even the most experienced people to do. So, yeah. uh, so Julie, one question I get all the time. So I'm in a, a Facebook group. I, I'm an admin of a group that has like 9,000 plus members. And one of the questions I see all the time is, how do you know what stocks to pick when you're going to buy a stock? I always say, one of the things I learned is if I'm going to buy a company, I think about if the market crashes tomorrow, 30%, will that company be able to rebound and survive that? If I buy some random obscure penny stock, I'm going to be really scared. If I buy Apple, I know it's going to come back. What kind of, what, what sources or tools do you look at when you're investing into a stock, an individual company? My favorite tip is to really look to see where the world is going. And something that's extremely important right now is the fact, which is very, very clear, that technology is playing a bigger and bigger role in our lives. 
I mean, if it weren't for tech, we wouldn't probably be having this conversation the way that we're having it. And so I think that it's important to really kind of keep a, a sort of bird's eye view of, okay, where are things going? What is going to be important? You know, technology is very important. Healthcare, of course, continues to be important. It's the reason why we live longer. Every year, the, the average age increases because of healthcare. And so this combination of healthcare, technology, um, also the changes in the way that we live life, electric cars, all those things are pretty important. And so when you look at, at the world from that perspective, you can really start to think about, okay, what are the companies that are actually going in this direction? What are the companies that are innovating? So I think that innovation is a really important part of choosing what you invest in and, and, and who you support. Because remember that when we are supporting companies, we're also supporting their members, the CEOs, the people, the, the brains behind the companies. So I, that's my favorite thing to, to kind of consider. Yeah, that's a great, that's great advice. Uh, so can you, uh, I know we're going to talk about your workshop and we're going to post your uh, link to your Instagram so people can go on there and sign up because I think it's a great workshop. Uh, what, what, like, just give us a couple of your favorite ETFs that you would suggest for people that don't know anything about the stock market that may want to jump in and just something easy to invest in. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll share my, my two favorites and I will share the disclaimer right before I say it and right after I say it, because I am not a certified financial planner. I don't want you to take this as direct investment advice, but I also do love to share what I do. My favorite is definitely VTI when it comes to ETFs. And I also really like ARKK. And I think that um, those are two really powerful ETFs. And again, I'm not a financial advisor. Yeah. And even if I was, I need all of your data to give you like the best information possible or the best advice possible. But those are two favorites for me because um, you get full exposure to the market with BTI and ARK is doing amazing things when it comes to analytics and using technology to, to make decisions. So the, the, those are my two favorites. I hope y'all yeah. can check them out and like them too. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree. Yeah. So Vanguard, is, any anything with Vanguard, I, I love Vanguard. The expense fees are low and VTI is great. It's total exposure to the US market and you really can't go wrong. So those are, and ARC is another really popular one now and it's got some great holdings. So um, I would definitely agree. Uh, I wanted to transition to i was looking at some of your youtube videos and uh one of them i saw was titled why women need to invest more than men and how to start can you summarize that video for all the women that are watching this yes women need to invest more because we are still behind in terms of how much we make so it does mean that in order for us to really build wealth in the way that men have done for many many years we have to put more in. We have to put a larger percentage of our income into the stock market. That's why it's really important. That's why it's vital for us to really learn about investing, you know, because for the most part, you know, it's always been up to the guy. It has always been a, a, a man's game. And the thing about it is that women live longer. We live longer. So what happens when we don't have our families when we lose our spouse or 
you know, we don't have someone, the person that has really taken over the financials for the company, uh, for the, the company, the, the family. <laughs> I guess you can consider the family a company too. It is an entity. But what happens when you're in that situation? And that's something that's really important to me to share with people that we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our families, our children. We're the only ones that can give birth, right? So we have to make sure that we're looking out for all of the people that we care about. So in order for us to kind of catch up to um, what we earn, it's still going to take some time. You know, there's still a really uh, unbalanced in, in the in corporate America in terms of how much women are paid versus men. And there's a whole lot of social things that go into that, uh, which is also the reason why it's super important that we stay very uh, sharp in terms of how we spend our money. The power that we have in terms of uh, expenditure is huge. It's the reason why, you know, there's so much marketing to women. Um, it's because we, we do make money and we're making more and more money every single day. Yeah. And there's and situations where women are making more than their, their spouse. So it's really, um, you know, there's a, there are a lot of shifts that are happening. And I think that more women investing into the stock market is going to be one of my favorite shifts in the coming decades, I would say. Yeah. You know, and to your point, uh, I, you, you made an excellent point because I didn't think about this and. I have gotten some messages on from the from some of the ladies in the group, and they'll be like, "I don't, I don't know anything about the stock market. My hand, my husband handles all of my expenses, but I want to be more educated, and I want to know what we're actually putting our money into." Mm. And it's just, it's great that that you're actually, you know, you're out there and giving that message. And really, it doesn't take it doesn't take long to learn what you could learn when ETF is in 10 minutes and be set up for the rest of your life just by learning that one term. Literally, the, right. the, the problem is they just don't know where to start. They don't know where to find that. There's so much overwhelming amount of information. And that's what our show is about. We don't really know that much. We, we know all the basics, but we're bringing on people like you to, to help and, and educate our listeners because we, we want to bring people on that are smarter than us. Clearly you're way smarter than I was when I was in my twenties and I, I didn't start investing until I was 30, you know? So, and we need more people like you to spread the message to those people. So, yeah. And I love your point. Like you definitely want to have people around that are smarter than you. That plays such a significant role in your life in every aspect of your life, not just, you know, yeah. the financials like we're talking about now, but everything else, you want to make smart decisions. You want, when I talk about investing, I talk about the stock market. I talk about real estate and I talk about business investing. Those are the three pillars. And in order for you to kind of grow and learn about each of them, you have to lean into it and you have to talk to the people that are doing those things. So for me, it's super important to kind of talk to the people that are doing those things because we cannot know everything and we need to lean on other people to be able to accomplish certain things. So, you know, if you're in the position where you really want to buy your first home, or if you have a goal in your mind where you want to invest $100,000, you know, over the next 10 years, let's say, which is $10,000 a year, how are you going to do it? And then who's also going to keep you accountable? Like who, what partner are you going to have that's going to say, hey, did you put in the thousand dollars that you were supposed to put in into your investment account, right? 
hopefully you have it automated. That's the ideal situation. Uh, but essentially, you, those are the, the people that you have around are the people that are always going to push you to do, do better and do greater things. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I just wanted to touch on something you, you actually were talking about real estate. Do you, what's your take on uh, real estate ETFs? Do you own any real estate ETFs? So I don't do, I, I do have a couple of REITs that I do like, but I don't have um, specific real estate ETFs. Some, a lot of the ETFs that are out there already include companies that are commercial real estate companies. So it's kind of like an all for one when it comes to categorizing ETFs, I think it does become a little bit of a deeper game to try to play, to try to focus on a specific um, um, category or sector of the market. But for me, literally using the ones that are total market is already enough. Yeah, for sure. Do you, um, for your courses, we'll transition to your courses really quick. I haven't looked too much at your courses. Do you, do you talk about the importance of uh, asset allocation and like rebalancing your portfolio? Is that something that like, how, how does your, what's the breakdown of your course? What does it look yeah. like? Yeah. So definitely it's a intro to investing index funds and ETFs. That's the first one that I have. And it has been my signature uh, workshop and it's literally only an hour and a half. And in that one hour and a half, I sum it up to include the history of the stock market, to include the different types of accounts in both the US and Canada in terms of what are your, your what kind of tax um, uh, benefits you have. And then we deep dive into index funds and ETFs. And so when you're thinking about building that portfolio, we talk about what are the things that you should have in there, total market US, uh, international, and then what part of your portfolio is going to be in bonds, you know, and for a lot of people that take the class, for the most part, I do, ha I have had older people take the class, but um, for the most part, a lot of the, the people that take the class, they're millennials. And at this stage in our lives, it's really important to just understand that we can position ourselves to be very, very heavy in stocks. And that's, of course, you know, what our index funds and ETFs do. And then when it comes to rebalancing, you know, doing it on a yearly basis can work for, and, and even that I think can be overkill a lot of times. Like there's really no need to make that many changes, um, especially because we're talking about index funds. When I, I do teach a class that's called Intro to Investing, Dividend Investing, and that I teach um, and, and we go deeper into individual stocks and stocks that pay dividends. Um, so that one is a little bit goes more deeper into reallocation, um, but it's definitely more focused on what those types of companies and how it's important to kind of sprinkle them into your portfolio after you have this established um, index fund and ETF, uh, sort of base, you know? So what, so what is your, um, position on bond ETFs versus bonds? Because with regular bonds, they mature, which means that even if the market crashes, there's a maturity date and you'll get your money as long as you hold it with a bond ETF. That's not the case. So if the market crashes, um, you're not necessarily safe. So what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I don't recommend them. That's literally <laughs> where I stand on bonds that. or bond ETFs. Bond ETFs. I don't. So, I think so that regular bonds. To, yes, I think it's important to have bonds in a very, depending on your age, very small exposure. And as you get older, increasing it a little bit. But even as you get older, 
even as you're approaching retirement, some people say, oh, you know, right when you're approaching retirement or when you're going to start taking money out, you should definitely decrease your stock holdings and your index fund holdings, ETFs holdings, and increase your bonds. But the fact is that when you retire and when you're ready to take money out, you're not pulling out your $1 million all in one, all at one time. So it's okay. You don't have to do this conversion where it's like, oh, let me trade it all to, to close to cash as possible. So um, yeah, I don't recommend the, the bond EPS. I don't think that they're yeah, to me, they never really made that much sense either. Yeah. Like, like I said, bonds have a maturity date. So, but yeah. See, my question is, don't they rebalance uh, those bond ETFs just like they do every ETF? I mean, they're passively managed, so they should, they should manage them every quarter or every six months or every year. So wouldn't they be changing out the bonds that are, have sooner maturity dates? Yeah, I think that the uh, when it comes to the the bond ETFs, there is an adjustment, just like all of our index funds. You know, you can see the the adjustment, the turnover rate. You know, when yeah. you look at the actual uh, prospectus of it, there is a turnover rate on it. But again, I just don't even think that it's it's insignificant enough to be able to to at least include it in a portfolio, especially if you're in the position where you want to have the diversification and you want to like the, if the listeners are in our age group, it's not as important now. I think yeah. as you get older, you can kind of swap over, but still, I don't think that that's a great product. There's so many products out there. You know, when we think about all of the, in, even in, in the small category of index funds and ETFs, there, there's just more every single day. So there are a lot of products and I think it can be difficult to kind of decide when, when you see so many, but um, it's important to really kind of keep it succinct and keep focus and not try to have everything in your portfolio. I think that's where people really make a mistake where they're like, oh, well, I need to diversify. It's like, if you're yeah. saying that, you're already not grasping what an index fund and an ETF is doing for you. Yeah. In theory, you could really buy even just VOO and you have 500 companies. And even though it's U.S. companies like Apple, Microsoft, they're all over the world. So, right. but yeah, so that makes sense. No, I think your, uh, your courses sound great. We definitely are going to recommend that to our listeners and attach the link for it. Yes. Thank you. And besides my, my uh, workshop, which you can find at investinglatino.com, I also have a tech service where you can ask me money things. So people will ask me all kinds of money questions, not only about investing, but like debt and types of accounts and all these things. And um, I'll share that number with all of you really quickly that are listening. It's 917-636-4049. And you can ask me money things. Awesome. Uh, do you got anything else to add, Andrew? Yeah, I was just going to ask one more question. So back to bonds for one second. So bonds, you regular bonds, you can't buy like on an app, right? Am I wrong? You have to buy them over the counter. Is that right? I believe you can still do. Well, the thing about the apps now is that they, everybody has their own system and you can't do like, you can't, they don't offer all kinds of accounts. You don't have access to everything, like depending on what actual investment it might not be offered. Like you can't buy some of Fidelity's investments on the Robinhood app. And, you know, there's a whole political reason I'm sure behind it, right? The re they want to keep it in, on their own platform and stuff like that. But you can definitely have 
I believe if you, I mean, I don't use the apps to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I use literally the big brokers. I don't, I don't use the smaller ones, but I believe you can still do it. I, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to get that exposure to them um, through the actual products that the, whatever they they'll be able to offer. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we don't want to take up too much of your time and I, we appreciate you coming on and we will definitely, uh, hopefully we can get some people signed up to your courses. Cause I think it's really important and it's very valuable. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yes. Thank thanks you. guys. This has been fun. Have a great one. You too. Hey everybody. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you to all our listeners and subscribers out there. Um, one thing that would help us out a lot is if you give us a rating and please leave a review, tell us what you like, tell us what you didn't like. And if you have any suggestions for future shows of, of any type of subjects you would want us to cover, let us know. We're open to all suggestions. And um, also, the last thing I would say is it's also very, very helpful if you go over to our YouTube channel and you subscribe to that as well. And the YouTube channel has a lot of great, uh, we added a lot of photos and helpful aids that will help you understand a little bit better the things we discuss in the podcast. But um, once again, thanks for all your support and uh, stay tuned for the next episode.